0: Thank you for joining us. Here at VLC, our purpose is to help people discover and develop a life in Christ. Now here is Pastor Gary Tony. Uh, let's pray, and we'll, we'll just unpack this. Y'all okay with this? All right, Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, we thank you for your leading. And Lord, I thank you that I am capable of hearing your leading. So speak to us tonight. Open up the eyes of our understanding. Let us see truth simplified, Lord, on this subject, so that we can eliminate confusion, opinion, and experience this beautiful reality that you have given your church in your name, Jesus. Amen. Now, as you begin to to look at this subject, because I can tell you, over my years as a pastor. Um, the, the the opinions are all over the place with this stuff, and, and and so as we get into it, the the first thing I want you to remember is this that and and go ahead if you're taking some notes or something, make sure you write this down. First um, Corinthians chapter four is your foundation for this subject. Paul goes into great detail on this uh, on this subject, and and, and so. As we begin studying, and as you study this, now I want you to, if, now if you have your prayer language and you understand these truths and you practice that, well then just be better at it. Because remember, faith comes from hearing. Right. But if you don't, and whatever the opinions might be, whatever the confusion might be, the unbelief might be, the fear, whatever it might, whatever it might be. Uh, remember this, Paul says in this chapter in 1 Corinthians 14 that God is not a god of confusion anytime there is confusion on any biblical subject that's where we get involved because god's not a god of confusion and with that in mind one of the things that i want you to get used to and some of you you've some of you you've heard me talk on this before we want to use the term spiritual language as opposed to speaking in tongues because a lot of people already have a preconceived opinion about Tongue talking. You may, if you're here tonight, you may have one. Spiritual language, if you will, is a more culturally relative term that we can use for today that might not just freak people out right out of the gate. Because I, you know, and, and here's the thing, if you haven't had a conversation with somebody about this, then maybe this will help you. If you, are a, if you have a prayer language, a spiritual language, if you are a tongue talker, uh, then this will help you to be able to have a conversation with other people about it and and not be so confused not well i i don't know i just I just have it. no, we need to be able to explain it to people yeah, and faith comes from hearing so hearing these things and us talking about them and so understanding that god 's not a god of confusion, secondly is this, regardless of the subject that we discuss, regardless of where. Your walk of faith is this is the uh, this is God's rule throughout the Bible for any truth that is discussed, and Paul says it like this in First Corinthians thirteen verse one. Though I speak with the tongues of men, and of angels, now stop for a second. What's that mean? Paul wouldn't have highlighted, understand Paul is inspired by the Holy Spirit when he's writing this. He wouldn't highlight tongues of angels if there's not tongues of angels. And what's even more enlightening is that Paul says, whether I speak with tongues of men, so who's doing the speaking? Paul is, and he says he talks with tongues of angels. Now, don't go looking to have a conversation with an angel. Now, listen, listen, I've heard goofy stuff. Some people, because Jesus said that we all have an angel. And I've heard people with their weird stories about, well, I, 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 I've named my angel. Really? No, no, no. Don't be seeking any of that stuff because the thing is, the enemy will be more than happy to accommodate you with what is known as a familiar spirit. He will walk like, talk like, look like, in all, all realities that you may be able to comprehend an angel of light, and he's not. But when you go seeking those things, then you open yourself up to his influence so don't do that but paul lets us know that it is something that is a reality though i speak with the tongues of men and of angels but i have not love i have i have become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal i like the message it says that i'm just an old creaky great creaky gate You know, when when you're not doing something in love, when you're not studying, when you're not defending a revelation, a truth that you have, then you're just making noise. And so as we get into this subject, here's the thing that I want to kind of just touch on briefly, because I think one of the biggest issues with spiritual language or tongues is this. It is the lack of teaching of it. We don't talk about the subject enough. Because to some people, it's just hands off. It's weird. You know, there's, there's all kinds of false teachings about it. How many of you ever heard this statement? Well, tongues is of the devil. No, no, put your hand up. Let me see how many of you heard that stupidity. Yeah. Yeah. You want to know where they come from? Us. You know? We, we make up junk like that when we don't walk in a truth, when we don't have a reality. Then we come to the conclusion because we're these intelligent people that, well, if we didn't get it, then it must not have been for everybody. And then all of a sudden some knucklehead somewhere introduced this idea that it's of the devil. It's Not of the devil if the dude that wrote two thirds of the New Testament does it. <laughs> I mean, come on, just use some common sense, Right. There's so much religious tradition about this subject, everybody's got opinions about it, then there's the unbelief, there's the fear, well, what will somebody think? I was talking with somebody, I don't remember who it was now, a couple of weeks ago about this subject, and, and I made this comment because, real quickly, my story, don't, uh, Paula, y'all don't let me go past my time, okay? But I, you all know my story about giving my life to Jesus, and and I... Uh, you know the gentleman that told me that you know at the church that night I came to give my life to God. Well, he was the one waiting on me when I went down there and led me in the sinner's prayer. And then he took me to chapter 14 in, in Paul's letter, and he said, and this is available for every believer. And he, he wasn't overcomplicated. He just made a, highlighted a couple of scriptures and said, Do you want it? I'm like, sure. And my experience is a little different. Tracy's was way different than mine. Uh, and I didn't find out about part of my experience till years later when I met a gentleman uh, that was uh, up, up at Pastor Gary's church and he, he told me the story. But the guy laid hands on me. I hit the floor talking in tongues. And I laid there for, Mr. Grimes said, like 20 minutes talking in tongues. Got up and left talking in tongues, drove home. I mean, I'm brand new. I just got saved a half hour ago. And Tracy is at Keeneland, <laughs> partying. And I got to drop this bomb. I didn't tell her the Holy Ghost part. I kind of, you know, I, I was. But my experience was a little radical. So, you know, it's, it's hard to look at me as an example with that. Because Tracy was just the opposite. Hers came gradually like a baby learning to talk. And so as you begin to listen to some of this and you and you're here tonight and you've never done it and you say, I want it. Well, then you're going to get it. And here's let me let me go ahead and get this one out of the way, too, because remember, we're talking about overcoming a bunch of religious opinion, different things. If you've asked the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, He doesn't play games with you. Jesus said, "If you ask for the Holy, if you, if if you being evil know how to give good good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give you the Holy Spirit?" So if you ask for the baptism, I'm not I'm not talking about your new birth. That is not the. I know a lot of people want to blend the two. It's not the same, and I'll show you, time permitting. We may have to do more in one of these at some point. I don't know. But if you have asked the Lord for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you haven't spoken in your spiritual language yet, that does not mean that you have not received the baptism. I know there are people that are dogmatic about this. Oh, no, you didn't get it. No, uh uh-uh. I'm not buying that. Because I promise you, there are people in the Bible that didn't walk in all the spiritual realities that they were supposed to. Jesus said you had them. So we're not somebody else's judge. And if you're growing in these revelations, then let's not just label it one certain way. Is that okay? Yeah. And uh, for the born again, I want you to understand this. That term gets used so loosely in the church today. And so we have to be open to embracing our new creation because you are born again. One One of the most clear realities that a believer has to come to terms with is this. In your born again nature, you are a speaking spirit. Isn't that crazy? Because you're a spirit, not your flesh, but your spirit is connected to your intelligence, to your soul, to your will, to your mouth. You are a speaking spirit, but your soul is the umpire. And while you're still confined to humanity, that's why Paul says you have to get your mind renewed to these things. You remember what Jesus told us in John chapter six? He said, hey guys, my words, the things I told you, they are spirit. His words are spirit. Spirit. They're not just information, they are spirit. And the overwhelming majority of everything concerning spiritual language, here's the thing I want you to realize today, it comes from the Apostle Paul. He pretty much is the specialist on tongues. When you look through the New Testament, Jude makes a highlight of it in one scripture. Jesus introduces it in one scripture. Outside of that, Paul is your man. And so we have to be open to to a few things when you begin to look at Paul and understand his perspective on things because a lot of, this is one of the biggies that people have said that, well, it's just ignorant. It's this hyper thing that those, those old school Pentecostal people do. And well, listen, they may have been onto something that, you know, we, we've, we've overlooked or we thought we were something we weren't and we missed it. But the interesting thing about Paul's life this guy, he graduated, I, I, I'm going to give you just a, a brief history here because he's one of the most intelligent men in the New Testament. He graduated from one of the most recognized schools of his day. In his own words, he is, he is an elite Pharisee. He, he, he knew the law. And he's also one of history's most respected and most quoted thinkers, the Apostle Paul is. And he is second only to Jesus in establishing Christianity I mean the, the guy was established and he makes this statement in first Corinthians chapter 14 verse 18 he says I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you so what do you do with that because you got one of the most intelligent men of the New Testament confessing publicly in his letter to the church that he's a tongue talker yeah What's really sad, this is, this is what's really sad, Will, is that people across denominational lines that, that absolutely oppose this stuff, they'll quote Paul in the rest of their ministry. They quote Paul all the time. But what's up with this? You can't be selective about stuff like this. You can't just leave it out, right? I mean, Paul dedicated an entire chapter to tongues. And the only reason it's confusing is because it's been out of balance. People, people do it out of balance in church settings. They don't follow the instructions, the instructions that Paul wrote about tongues in a church setting. I've had people say to me, Pastor, well, you just, you just hinder the Holy Spirit because you don't let anybody talk in tongues. Do I? Or is the spirit of the prophet subject to the prophet? I think mean, I think that's what it says. In, yeah. No, the reason we do things the way we do it, we don't have somebody. I know that it can happen, and I'm not saying that someday it won't. But there's so much out of balance in the church, and there's so many baby Christians that come through our doors on a Sunday morning that it would just freak them out. And I'll talk, I'll talk about it in just a second because Paul deals with that too. And if you just get up and interrupt the, see, this is the thing, and this is what I've heard in some of the old school Pentecostal. Well, I couldn't help it, Reverend. The Holy Ghost just came on me. No, no, you just gave in to some whatever that was, zealousness, and you got up and interrupted the service. Because if you think about it, if the minister's up here ministering and he's being led by the Holy Spirit, well, the Holy Spirit they are going to interrupt the Holy Spirit. I know some of you have been raised in some of this charismatic stuff. But when we get balance in it and we begin to lay foundation, and then, then people will be open to it. When I took Tracy to the, the church that I got saved in the next Sunday, she got attacked by the PhDs. It's a bunch of women with Pentecostal hairdos. That's what a PhD stands, anyway. But her experience was the same as mine, and I finally look up and she's surrounded by a, a, a bunch of women, and they all got the listen. Last week she was at Keeneland with her favorite beverage. Now she got all these Pentecostals with her hands on her. And she's freaking out. And I get a glimpse of her and I go get her because she's losing her. I mean, it, she's terrified. She got attacked by Pentecost, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was scary because it, it, so, so if, if you're ever thinking that, you know, what happens if that happens to me and I'm supposed to get up in church and give a tongue, don't worry, it won't. God's because that I'm this, I'm the shepherd of this house and that's the way I've structured it. So he's not, he's not going to interrupt it. And I know some of you may not agree with that. Well, that's okay. Then call me. Okay. Because this is a subject that needs clarity on in the church today. Remember Jesus said this, everything is possible to him who believes, right? So what's that mean? You're going to have to believe this stuff. I don't know about you all, but over my years ministering with people about speaking in tongues, um, I would pray for them. You know, I would have a talk like this and I'd lay hands on them because I'm going to show you in a minute. I've got to pick up the pace a little bit (laughs) because uh, Paul would lay hands on people and they would be they would get the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they speak with tongues. And so I would practice that principle and I would lay hands on people. And, and, and tell them, you know, now receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I, I'd say, now speak in tongues. And there we go. Like the Holy Spirit's going to make something come out. I'm like, are you getting ready to throw up on me? I'm like, what? <laughs> no, you actually have to talk. It's you speaking from your spirit. And it. I'm telling you, back to my conversation I was having with someone a few weeks ago, I've been speaking in tongues since I got saved. That was, what, honey, 1993? And to this day, the enemy still has the same tactic. I mean, you think sometimes he'd learn. That's the dumbest thing i ever heard in my life. You actually think you're saying something with that gibberish. Those thoughts, to this day, will still come. He still does it because he doesn't have anything new. He has no new tactics, all right? And if you will yield to that junk, he'll keep you sideways, Something else I want you to keep in mind when it comes to studying the life of Jesus and the Word of God, it's going to be progressive in its revelation. You see, Tracy eventually, she, she got it. She got her prayer language. And as you, just like you, in your natural language, just like you grow and develop. Now, listen, tongues, spiritual language, it's not like learning a new language. You're not learning Spanish. Okay? It is spirit initiated, spirit led, spirit inspired, and you have to yield to it. And it will take faith to do it and you will have to shut off your intelligence. Paul says, when I pray in tongues, my spirit prays, my intelligence is unfruitful. It will not make sense to you. So you have, So if this is you tonight, when you get home, and this is what I tell people. We're not going to. We're gonna, We're not going to ever embarrass anybody. Put you on the spot. I'm not going to call you up here. None of those things. When you get home tonight, if you have not experienced this, ask the Holy Spirit to help you with it. When you're by yourself, and then 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 step out and do it. Well, what's it sound like? Well, you're going to sound different than me. What yours may sound like, goo goo gaga. I'm saying, well, when when you listen to a baby first learning to talk, you're like, what? And moms will say, oh, well, he's, he said this. And moms act like they know it. I'm like, no. Well, that's moms. Moms know what, really? Can't really understand that stuff. It's going to be that way, but you have to take a step of faith and do it. I can't tell you the number of people that I've had call me like a little kid. Pastor, I finally, I did it. Because they went and did what I told them to do. And they took a step of faith and they stepped out. And see, once you step out and your, your soul connects spiritually, Then it begins to flow. Let me show you this. You see the same Holy Spirit that came to empower the church in the book of Acts. Where is he today? Where? Are you sure? Did he change? Same Holy Spirit, right? Okay, watch this. Acts chapter one, verse one. The former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began. Say began. See, Jesus started something and it's still going on today. The book of Acts is still being written. It's still unfolding right now. And in chapter 2, this is the big chapter where all this stuff takes place. Because you remember, in chapter 1, we, the, we were talking, the staff and I were talking about this today. In chapter 1, Jesus has risen from the, the grave. And my man has been on the planet in a resurrected body for a month. Walking around talking to people. They saw him hanging on a cross, buried in a tomb. And now he's alive, and he's having conversations with people. Yeah, I know. That's what, I mean, some of y'all are like, oh, that's really cool. <laughs> yeah. And he tells them, guys, don't you leave Jerusalem until you get this power. And then in Acts chapter 2, they were all gathered there. And the Bible says in verse 4, and, and here's what's interesting. We were talking today, and they were listening to the apostles, and, and the Bible says that also... Uh, it enlisting women other than jesus 's mom, but it says that there were women there, jesus 's brothers was there, and jesus 's mom in the upper room, that 120. Yeah. And watch this, verse four, and they were all. How many does that mean? That means Mary, jesus 's brothers, the disciples, whoever else was part of that 120. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. That's the Spirit gave them utterance. Who did the speaking though? They did. Yeah. Verse 6, and when this sound occurred, the multitude, it was the sound of this rushing mighty wind. the multitudes came together and they were confused because everyone heard them speak in their own language. Now, I went back and looked in Acts 2 today. There's like 10 or 12 different tribes that are listed of people from different languages there. And John and I were talking about this. When they were talking in tongues, they were speaking in a tongue. I believe that they were hearing spiritual stuff just as well. See, because sound, all that is, sound is just something that's traveling and it hits an earlobe and your, your brain processes something you hear. What if there was no sound? See, the spiritual realities are still taking place. So somebody could, one of Jesus' brothers could have been talking in tongues over here, but these three different people from different places in, in, on the world, they all heard in their language what he was talking about. It's a spiritual reality. Stop trying to figure it out. You are not qualified. Your intelligence does not go that high. It is a spiritual reality. And you have to embrace that by faith. When this happened, they heard this speak verse and, and, and they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, "Are not all these that are speak Galileans, and how is it that we hear each in our own language?" Now watch this in verse twelve. And so they were all amazed. Now the, you got to understand there are by, by this point, there could you know the Bible says that in, there are multitudes, well multitudes are thousands, and there are people everywhere, and, and they were all amazed and perplexed. Saying to one another, what, what, what could this mean? And in verse 13 it says, and, and others were mocking them and said, these, these, these people are drunk. Now you got to understand something. You may sound drunk when you talk in tongues. The enemy will tell you, you sound drunk. And he'll even quote Acts chapter 2. Because you understand when someone steps into a spiritual reality that they've never been in before and their intelligence has no idea how to comprehend or process it, and you step into that, you may may look a little foolish. I've, I've seen some stuff. And I'm not talking about the hype stuff out of Charismaniaville. I'm talking about real Holy Spirit stuff. I've been pinned to the floor before. Rose was standing over top of me laughing at me. I couldn't get up, I couldn't move for probably half an hour, and she's just she's sitting right there on the front road. I'm out and she's just laughing like well, why did that happen? The Lord was ministering to me about things. Well, I want that well, I didn't want it. I didn't even ask for it. See the thing that we do sometimes we we have this preconceived idea from tradition and religious opinion. And denominational philosophy, well, this is what it's supposed to look like. And when we approach the things of God like that, I'm telling you, I am convinced of this. There's going to there's gonna be special training classes for a bunch of people in heaven because you're going to get there and you're going to be so choked up with tradition, they're going to have to send you to a special ed class. Just to, get you, just to get you acclimated to function in heaven because you didn't do anything faith-based to step into this world. Listen, I heard DL, I I heard, (laughs) I read DL Moody said this one time. I didn't hear him. He was way before me. But he said, what we do here is simply training ground for there. And so learn this stuff. Be open to it. Peter's first sermon he ever preached was to a bunch of confused people that just watched Tongue Talkers for the first time. And the first thing he does, Jack, he takes them back to the word. So you've got to take it back to the word. If you can't support it with the word, then leave it alone. That's one of the biggest things you have to get out of this talk tonight. And when you look at this subject, what's really interesting, and I've never really given this a lot of thought before, but if you go back to the Great Commission, Jesus is actually the first one that introduces tongues. In Mark chapter 16, he says, these signs will follow them that are faithful church members. What's it say, y'all? What do you have to do? You have to believe this stuff, man. What did he say? What's one of the signs that believers will follow? They will speak in new tongues. Jesus introduced the subject, and I I get people all the time, well, why wasn't tongues in the Old Testament? Well, why wasn't, you know, grace and mercy in the Old Testament? Now, in one sense, grace and mercy was in the Old Testament, and in one sense, tongues was in the Old Testament, just not like you and I understand it today, because prophecy is an inspired word from the Lord. Tongues is an inspired word from the Lord. In a public setting, tongues and interpretations are equivalent to prophecy. So it was in the Old Testament, just not in the benefit package that we have under our new covenant. We are, ab- we are able to pray out mysteries of the things of God. I, I am 100% convinced that many of the things that we have in ministry today here are things that I prayed out in tongues. Because I didn't know I needed them. But, but that, and that's what I would say, Holy Spirit, you know exactly what we need right now. And then I unhook from my intellect and I step over into the Spirit. And I trust what God teaches me about this. You see, after God introduces this reality to his church, there's not one scripture, you all, not one, that even remotely suggests that it was just for a certain season to launch the church. I'm going to show you throughout the book of Acts. And, and, and you know, something else you ought to keep in mind. Spiritual language, First uh, Corinthians chapter fourteen. This whole chapter that Paul talks about, it is just as scriptural as John three sixteen, or Romans ten thirteen. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Or whoever yields to the Holy Spirit can talk in tongues. So we see Acts chapter two take place. Okay. Now, in Acts chapter nine, this is ten years later. All right. You think if it was just to launch the church for that season, we'd be done with it. But in Acts chapter nine, 10 years later, you all remember the, the uh, disciple Ananias. This is the Apostle Paul's road to Damascus experience. And Paul gets knocked off his horse and meets Jesus. And, he, and you know, and Jesus said, why are you persecuting me? Well, Paul didn't even know who Jesus was. He was persecuting who? Christians. But Jesus didn't say that. He called it me. That's right. He took it first because we're his body. He said, why are you persecuting me? And then he goes on to say this. The Holy Spirit talking to Ananias because he he went and woke Ananias up and told him about Paul. You know the whole story with that. Ananias didn't want to go. Like, man, you know, this guy kills Christians. In verse 17, the Bible says this, though. Ananias went his way, entered the house and laying his hands on Paul. He says, brother Saul. His name was still Saul at that time. The Lord Jesus, who appeared now, Ananias didn't know any of this. He's got—he's operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit right now, and he said, "The the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit." Now, I know that this passage doesn't say tongues, but all you got to do is read Paul's letters. I talk in tongues more than all of you, and one of these signs that you will see throughout these transitions is if you get filled with the Holy Spirit you talking tongues, so you can but that was 10 years later acts chapter 10 we're 10 12 years into this now and then this is at uh Cornelius's house you remember Peter was on the roof praying Cornelius was praying he sent some servants holy spirit told Peter hey these guys are at your door there was no ring camera and in verse 44 Peter Peter goes with this group back to Cornelius' house, and and, and he's got this whole congregation there. And while Peter was, Acts 10, verse 44, while Peter was speaking the words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles. For they heard them speak with tongues. This was, 10, this was some 10 to 12, 15 years later at this one. Let's keep going. Now, some 20 plus years later, Acts chapter 19. Y'all okay? I'm just giving you some foundation so that you can take this stuff and you can have conversations with people. It's not just some pie-in-the-sky weird emotional thing that some crazy charismaniacs do. This is a biblical spiritual reality that will benefit your life tremendously when you learn to yield to it. Because... You can have your prayer list and you can make it a bunch of stuff and you can go through all your requests and thank yous and et cetera and you're interceding, boom, boom, boom. And in 10 minutes, you're done. Well, then what do you pray? I used to think about that, Jack. I'm like, man, what did Jesus pray when he went away and prayed all night? Praying in the Holy Ghost, man. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Because when you pray in the Holy Spirit, your intellect is unhooked. Man, there's nothing better for me. That is my favorite thing to do. When I And what will be happening, I'll pray in the Holy Spirit, and then the Lord will give me something. And then I'll speak it out, and then I'll just go right back in. I don't try to figure it out. Sometimes I write them down. You have to learn how to navigate your new life, you all. It's spiritual. 20 years later, Acts chapter 19. Now, this happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus. Now, you understand, by this, this point... Paul has got churches that he's been launching in his missionary journeys. And by Acts chapter 19, he's already got several of them up and going. He's in Ephesus now. And finding some disciples, he said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? Well, we really don't need that today, Paul. We don't need the Holy Spirit. We're just, we just got Jesus. I'm, I'm, you know, we got our denomination now, right? No. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said to him, we have not so much as heard. Whether there is a Holy Spirit. Now here's the thing. How many of y'all ever talk to somebody? Well, you talking about Holy Spirit. Well, there, there will be those that don't know anything about it. That's why you need to be able to come back to these things and have a conversation about it. Verse 3. And he said to them, well, then in what were you baptized? And they said, John's baptism. Well, John's baptism is indeed a baptism of repentance. Saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him. that his, You know, believe in Jesus. Verse 5, and when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of Jesus. What's that mean? You're born again. If you, if you, if you baptize in the name of Jesus, you believe he died, rose from the grave. Huh? It's a, it's a great commission responsibility. And then in verse 6, and when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit, weren't they just, ba- weren't they just baptized in, in, in the name of Jesus? Weren't you just born again? Doesn't, when you're born again, doesn't the Spirit of God live inside you? I know it can get confusing sometimes, but when you take your time and let this word marinate in you a little bit, when they were, when he laid his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came up on them. Brother Hagin used to explain it to us like this. You have the spirit within and you have the spirit upon. Was Jesus born of the spirit? He was the first one born of them. Y'all know this, right? Okay. So what did Jesus say in Luke? The Spirit of the Lord. He didn't say within me. What did he say, Oscar? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. See, there is the Spirit within, but there is this anointing, this Spirit of on, that, that will come upon you. And that's when you have this ability to yield to that Spirit and begin to pray in your prayer language. See, regardless of your view, we should all keep this in mind. Spiritual language was God's idea. Right? And, and so... You know, when we get to this place and we begin to yield to it, we just, we just hook up with part of the, the, the New Testament church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul says this, pursue love, desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now, if you couldn't have it, why would he tell you to pursue it? Parents, come on. Are you going to tell your kids to go after something they can't have? Y'all quiet. That's okay. Pursue love. Desire spiritual gifts. But especially. Now this word prophecy is the general use of prophecy. It's not Old Testament prophet foretelling the future. That's not the same thing. This is an inspired utterance in a known language. He says you need to desire this. There's not. There's usually not a Sunday that goes by that I don't prophesy, but how many of you were raised this way? If you're prophesying, it has to be introduced with what? Thus, the says, the Lord. thus says the Lord. That's what people think. they think, well unless you said thus says the Lord, it's not no this book prophecy it does say thus says the Lord' doesn But 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 the, that's probably where the Right, but that's right, not prefacing it yeah. This is prophecy. It is inspired from God, but it is not necessarily forthtelling like Isaiah would do or Elijah would do. Amen? For he who speaks in a tongue, well, listen, desire spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For he who speaks in a tongue doesn't speak to men, but to God. He who speaks in a tongue, no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now, if you're here tonight, you're like, well that's really not necessary I don't need all that you are thoroughly deceived by the enemy and he's got you right where he wants you wonderfully saved going to heaven but there are things that you'll, you'll be able to access and be able to accomplish when you do learn to develop your prayer language because you can, you can step over past intelligence and you can have fellowships with, with God one on one your spirit talks to God is that crazy yeah now I want to give you these real quick these are, this is not all of them, but I wanted to highlight these. These are four primary purposes of spiritual language, talking in tongues. Obviously, number one is this, personal praise, praise and worship. Now, I'm not talking about in a, in a there, there are times in a church setting that there, there you will see things, but I'm talking about in your own personal prayer life, personal praise and worship. Number two, according to the book of Jude, verse 20 Self edification. When you pray in the spirit. It charges yourself up. See, sometimes if, if you're feeling down and low and the cares of the world have you unhook for a minute. If you got to go out to your car. Have a little Holy Ghost time. Lord, I really don't understand what's going on. My emotions are crazy right now. My boss is losing his mind. My wife is crazy. Unhook from all that. And and start praying in the spirit. It will edify you. It builds you up. Number three, praying in the Holy Spirit allows you to pray out divine secrets. When you're praying in the spirit, you can pray out things that's down the road for you in your own life. I don't know what that looks like. You don't have to know what it looks like, but the Holy Spirit will go before you and make the crooked place straight. Praying out divine secrets and then number four, obviously, is public exhortation. When tongues and interpretations come together, Paul says that these things are for the edification, the exhortation and the comfort of the church. I remember this was years ago, man. bless, bless his heart. This gentleman stood up in the church, and he wanted to, he had a word of prophecy, but he didn't understand spiritual principles and order in church. And he said, "The spirit of Ichabod is written over the door of this house." That means the, the spirit of God's left this place, and I'm like, "What is wrong with you?" I mean, I looked at him like, "Now I wasn't the pastor." It was probably a good thing because, you know, you know how I talked about Sunday about, you know, turn him over to Satan. Now nah, I would know. See, people, people, you know, they they are they're zealous about things. Remember, if you give a public tongue and interpretation or a public prophecy. According to the Apostle Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is for exhortation, strength, comfort. That's it. You should have a word that, that is going to exhort somebody, that's going to encourage somebody. Let's, can we keep going? Let, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14 so we can show you some stuff here. Somebody's been messing with my glasses. Now, what I would encourage you to do is take your time and get in here and get this thing marked up. Get you a Bible that you can highlight and write in. Well, I, I use electronic. I use electronic too, but man, when I picked this up today and I saw all the stuff in here that I had, I told Paul, I said, if I get to t- chapter 14, you may lose me in my notes because I, I have everything here that has been part of my life for years. See, in chapter 14, watch this. Verse 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Now understand, why, why is this letter here? Why is this chapter in this letter? Y'all understand that 1 Corinthians is a letter that Paul wrote to a young church that he started. And he's answering questions about stuff going on. The leader, because he's already left and turned this old church over to the leadership. And they've sent him a letter. And they're telling him, Paul, we got some crazy, we got some Pentecostal maniacs up here. They were. They were, and and he was bringing balance to things. Correction. Correction, That's exactly right, Jack. And so he says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. He who prophesies edifies the church. Verse 5, I wish you all spoke with tongues. Now, why would Paul write that inspired by the Holy Spirit if you couldn't? Well, that's really not for me today. No, you just don't want it. No, I want it. I just don't get it yet. You know one of the biggest biggest hurdles I've seen over the years? It's this little spot right here between the ears. Man, it gets in the way of spiritual stuff all day long. No, because, because, Pastor, I tried. No, a lot of times, can I be real with you for a second? A lot of times, it's pride. Because you sound absolutely ridiculous. You sound Ridiculous when you speak in tongues and the enemy right away is like what is that nonsense and those thoughts begin to run and you're like i can't do it i can't do it do it yeah but it sounds stupid yes it will absolutely sound ridiculous have you ever yeah have you ever heard anyone speak a dialect from uh, what's some crazy tribe way over on the back side of the country <laughs> right there are so many languages if you were to hear some people talk if I listen to people from Russia, huh? I mean, so stop getting your intelligence in the way and stop trying to figure it out. You know, I make a joke all the time. You know, I used to tell people this, and I said, maybe you ought to start with the Coca Cola practice. You remember that, Sherry? Because, <laughs> you know, if you say Coca Cola real fast, It sounds like tongues. (laughs) C-O-C-A-C-O-L-A. They're what? Yeah, (laughs) Coca-Cola. Okay. Thank you, Sherry. Y'all a fun group tonight, yeah. Watch this. I wish you all spoke in tongues, but even more that you prophesied because he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks in tongues, unless there is an interpreter whether it's another person interprets or you interpret. Keith Moore used to teach us like this all the time. He says if you feel like you've got a if you've got a tongue for the body, you better have enough faith to have the interpretation too or be quiet. Well, that always set with me. I can't tell you the number of times I've been in special meetings and you know, uh, Holy Ghost meetings and things like that and, and I'd have a, the Lord would put something on my heart and, and and I and I'm just sitting there waiting waiting no interpreter he said, you know, well, you interpret i like, I don't have that. Then be quiet. So well, I would be quiet. Did you hear me? I would be quiet in the church. See, the, you know, you have to understand what Paul is trying to get this church to understand is that as we begin stepping into these things, remember what Acts chapter 2 showed us? They thought they were what? They thought they were drunk. See, that's the thing. People will have opinions about this stuff. And so we, we govern that in our house by design. But in your house, your kids ought to hear you talking tongues. Yeah, but man, that's, that's kind of weird. Well, it's only weird because you made it weird. It's not weird. Jesus' mom did it. I submit to you, if Jesus' mama did it, his brothers did it, His disciples did it. Guess what? He did it. Yeah. Are you with me? He's the one that initiated this thing. If the New Testament church does it, if your pastor does it, it's okay. I mean, if you don't trust me by now, you should probably be on your way. (laughs) I mean, seriously, man, I love you, but listen, right? Let's keep going. I'm almost out of time here. Verse 13. Therefore, let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret for if I pray in tongue, my spirit prays, verse 14, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion? Now, this is probably the key passage that you've got to highlight all over. I mean, you've got to let it jump off the page for you. What's the conclusion then? I will. What's that mean? Holy Ghost didn't come on me. Holy Ghost didn't make me. I will. I will. Okay. I just got the you're done sign. It says 36. I thought I had to 45. Okay. Right, let me wrap up here. They had, they had a you're done with a big exclamation. You're done. All right. Let me, I got to get you out of here then. What's the conclusion? I will pray. In the spirit, I will. Who's doing the praying? It's your will. I will pray with understanding. Watch this. I will sing. In the Spirit and I'll sing with my understanding see this is the thing that God wants us to get that if we don't begin to step out in faith and put this into practice I, I'm sorry I went long uh, man there, there's so much more about this we'll probably have to do another one at some point I don't know when but here's the thing guys if you don't pray in your spiritual language and you want to, then tonight's your night. Quit waiting for a sign. Quit waiting for something to happen. Step out in faith and do it. What's it going to sound like? You got to stop that. Hook up, hook up with me in faith. If this is, for those of you that already have your prayer language, we're believing for those in here that don't have it, tonight's your night. Father, in the name of Jesus. For every person here that has this desire and they want their prayer language with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, help them eliminate confusion, help them step over worries and fears, what it may sound like, help them navigate past their intelligence and give them a peace that they can just step out and do it. For I have given this gift to you. Step out in it and trust me. I won't let you look foolish. That's only in your mind. And for all those that are wondering, yes, thus says the Lord. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you for lightheartedness in this subject. Help all of us. To step out in that in your precious name, Amen. Amen. Now here's the thing, y'all. You you, you got to do it, okay? I think that these prayer nights that we have, you'll hear some of us walking around talking in tongues. Do it. Come get one of us. I want to listen to you for a minute. Well, come on. I'll, you can sit with me. You can. I like to walk around when I pray. Come on. Come listen to me. Now, that doesn't mean you have to. Mock, my, m- m- you know, Mimic me But you got to start somewhere I remember listening to some of my teachers And I'm like man their, pray- their prayer language is so wonderful And mine busted Well mine's not busted now I have a wonderful prayer language now I like showing it off But you got to be careful doing it because, because people don't understand it And then when you do it in a public setting Now I could have done it just as an example So you all could hear what mine sounds like but that was my intention. And then the Lord said, well, you might as well go ahead and give a tongue and interpretation. I'm like, OK, well, here we go. So you got both tonight. So there you go. Take that. All right. If you have questions, if you have things, write them down. Let us know. We want to help you with this. This is this is one of the biggest deals that the New Testament church has the privilege of being part of. And a lot of us don't because the enemy has just confused us on it. Amen. God bless you guys. You better get out of here. I don't keep you too long. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to click on the subscribe button. For more information on Victory Life Church, check us out at VictoryLifeKY.com. Thank you so much for listening.